Welcome to episode 166 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not too much, Andrew. What's going on with you? Oh, I finished up the Subaru. I got it all back together. The, uh, okay, yeah, the WRX, yep. Yep. Yeah, that Subaru. I've, not, not, not living near you, I forget what you're working on. Yeah, uh, that had, I talked about before, had the low temperature fuel leak and smell. So the whole intake had to come off to redo the hoses and clamps because they're underneath the intake. You can't get to them with the intake on the engine because hmm. it's a boxer engine. And right, we talked we talked about we talked about the project creep. Yep. Um well, yeah, because it ended up needing I mean, I knew going in because the radiator was leaking and uh to of course take the radiator out, you might as well it was so close to like within 15,000 miles of needing a timing belt. Uh so I did a timing belt water pump because you would have to take the radiator out to do those things. Um, so yeah, it kind of worked out in that sense, but then I ended up having to do like coolant, metal coolant lines and a couple of coolant hoses that were just deteriorated and like heater hoses. Um, but it's all back together now. And uh, the only thing I did on the way back, putting it together, because it was a couple weeks apart, is I reversed the feed and the return lines after changing the fuel filter. Because okay. they're like nearly identical. Um, and I had a 50-50 shot and I did it backwards. So like the car wouldn't start. And I was like, well, uh, it sounds like it wants to start, but it definitely sounds like it doesn't have fuel. So maybe it's just taking a long time to fill the fuel filter because it's a big fuel filter. And I was like, no, something else is not right. And then we've got a group chat with some friends, and a bunch of them are into Subarus. So I was like, I think I did this backwards, and sure enough, I did. So We still consider them friends, even though they're all into Subarus. Yeah. Um, flipped it, and uh, it worked just fine. St- started right up. So the fuel filter was on backwards? No. Um, it's a really weird setup, actually, when you look at it. The fuel filter has these two metal lines that come out of it. They're basically barbed fittings, right? Um, and they're on opposite sides of the, it's like a round canister. And they go, like they come up and they like cross over in the middle and point opposite directions. So like the fuel coming in from the fuel tank goes into the line that, is technically at the front of the car, the way the fuel okay. filter sits, and then the fuel line going out to the fuel rail sits at the towards the firewall. So they hmm. kind of like cross over, and they actually have them stamped on the filter in and out. But then on the rail, it's just three vertical lines. The bottom one is a vacuum, like a return, like a vapor return. And then the... Um, two on the top are the feed and the return, but they're both the same diameter and there's no marking on them what they are. Hmm. My only tip off was if I didn't have uh, the ability to ask people is that the feed line like didn't fit, like it didn't lay down correctly, you know, from years and years and years it had the nice, like a curve to it. And it was like interfering with like the washer bottle. And I was like, I don't think that's where that was. Cause it wouldn't have laid that far over and been bent at a weird angle. 
and then it was they just need to be flipped. Okay, and now you had the issue with the intake tube too. Was that part of that same? Oh yeah, yeah. Being flipped or no, no. So the intake tube to the turbo uh, was old, the original one, and it ripped at the part where it goes onto the turbo. They just deteriorate from like heat and you know use and whatever. So I bought like a cheapish like silicone one, not a Perrin or anything like a Cobb or anything nice like that. Because those those stupid silicone intakes are like three hundred dollars, which is just not worth it for that car, in my opinion. Not in the budget for that car. Uh, a nicer car, if it was really nice and I was doing a bunch of foreign stuff, sure. But a winter car, no. <clears throat> Um, so I bought a cheapy, like, knockoff one, and, uh, of course, it didn't fit that rail. Like, it just totally didn't fit. Like, it was, like, inches off. It was weird. Um, and I managed to get a nice used stock one on eBay, and it fit right back into place. And I was able to get it right back on the turbo as I put the intake back down on the engine. So that made it go a lot smoother. That helped out a lot. Yes. Good. Um, and then I basically just put stuff back together. And it was funny. There was like a boost line going from this intake over to the boost control solenoid. And like the ver- like the, one of the very last things I was plugging it in and the rubber had gotten so old, it like turned to plastic and it just shattered. Like not really shattered, but it sheared like it looked like I cut it, but it just broke in such a way that like you cut it with a knife. It was so bizarre. And I was like, crap. And I didn't have like my nice silicone stuff. Cause it was the car was at my dad's house and all that stuff is at my house. So I literally just took a piece of vacuum line and like put it over it to like bridge mm-hmm. it just to start the car and make sure it was all set. And then the other, uh, yesterday morning. Yeah. I went over with the nice silicone stuff and I replaced the whole line. It's about like a foot and a half of vacuum line with the newer silicone stuff. So, well, now you've replaced all the vacuum lines in all of your cars with, with uh, the new silicone stuff. Yeah, basically. Um, that stuff's expensive. Um, I think it's like, I forget what it is. It's kind of pricey, but it's really nice. It fits really well, and it's thick, and it doesn't collapse under boost or expand. Sorry, expand under boost or collapse under vacuum. So, Right. Um, yeah, I've gone through all the cars with it. So, All the turbocharged cars. Which is three? Yeah, all the cars, all the cars that you work on. Yeah, well, I haven't used. Well, I guess any the Montero, Montero counts. <laughs> yeah, the Montero counts. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it. Like it was just a lot of work and took me a while, but it's funny once that intake goes on, you basically have an engine again, and the rest of it just kind of goes on a lot easier. Like, it's getting to that point and then getting it back on is kind of annoying. Yeah, it seemed like once you reach a certain point, the project just kind of flew through. It was not a big deal anymore. Yeah. It was just daunting. There was a lot of stuff to do it, and I didn't really want to do it. But it's done now, uh, so the car should be all set for winter. Good. Hopefully you won't have to touch a wrench on it, except for maybe you change the oil in the wintertime. I mean, I just changed it. I'm not driving as much anymore, that car, so... Right. Maybe I'll get through the whole winter. Maybe. We'll see. I haven't really done any other project car stuff. Just been getting that wrapped up. I was going to bring the Talon over now 
because uh, it's still it has not snowed yet. There's no yeah, my fingers are, fingers are crossed. It won't snow before Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, because I'll be I'll be I'll be out there in Thanksgiving, and I'm hoping to take a take the colt out a few times, or just use it as a daily driver while I'm there. Because uh, yeah, it has not snowed yet, and I'm hoping it does not at least until Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, I should say. Yeah, um, maybe if you've got you know half a day or something, we can work on the floor of the Starion. Yeah, possibly. We'll see. I have plate. I have plates for it, which I can send you if you want them. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's registered. It's registered and insured. So. But yeah, I was gonna bring the Talon over the garage, and I've got the new wideband for it. Mm-hmm. I've got a first generation PLX devices wideband, so it's almost like 15 years old now. Right. And I was actually the, trying to ha- put it. Ha- ha- have you had it for 15 years just sitting around? No. It's, oh, okay. it's in the car. Um, and it's had, it has like a, just a regular gauge and it was supposed to be like a 52 millimeter gauge and it must've been like a little bit off and it didn't quite fit in the gauge pot I had. And I tried to push it through and it shattered. So it's just oh, been broken. Too. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then come to find it. So I've got a new one in generation four. It's got like this, it's got like peak hold and like, it's a touch screen. And it'll give you like the uh, indication of how good the O2 sensor is, like a percentage of life left. Um, and I'm going to just install that. And then it was funny because I tried it in the gauge pod. And it's actually too loose. It's like weird. Hmm. So I think just a couple, probably a couple zip ties behind it will like around the. Hold, hold it in place. Yeah. So that should do it. But yeah, I'll, I'll try to get to that. And then. Uh, Maybe maybe if I'm feeling feisty, I'll I'll try to put the intercooler in, but probably not. Just do the just do the O2 sensor for now. Yeah. Well, well, winter project. I have plates for the scenario, so you can play with that. We may play with it while I'm there for sure. But I haven't done anything here because obviously I don't have a garage here yet. Um, and knock on wood, nothing has been needed any surfacing. Um, I have the Eclipse here now, so I do need to change the oil, but. I haven't done it, so we can't talk about that. So I've just been uh, doing Arizona things. Um, I have gone to a few car events. Yeah, what'd you do? Um, I went to my first, like, Arizona wintertime car show, which is, like, a New England springtime car show. Um, I don't remember the name of the show. It was, like, in a, it was in downtown Phoenix, Um but the variety and the kinds of cars that come out for these kinds of shows here are very different than back at home. Um, there's a lot more modified cars and a lot less stock stuff, at least at this kind of a show. I'm not sure what the exact thing was. I mean, there was everything there from like traditional mini trucks to traditional 70s style like street freaks. To traditional customs, lowriders. I'm going to use the word traditional over and over again. Traditional lowriders. Um, they had like a hopping contest and a burnout contest. Um, and it was all right in downtown Phoenix. It was kind of neat, actually. It was a little bit more... There's a lot more going on than there is going on in a New England car show. Oh, that's cool. Just because there's so much more car culture... So many more elements of car culture kind of combined. So... Like, I walked up to this um, 50, 52, I think, Pontiac um, that I just I fell in love with. It was a suede green on air ride on the ground. 
um, I think it had um, yeah. sombrero hubcaps, but it had the suede green paint, but a, a metallic deep green roof on it. Uh, and I walked up to it expecting it to be a younger person's car, and it was like a 70-year-old guy driving the car, which was odd to me because that's not the kind of vehicle that we would have at a car show in New England. But anyway, it was, it was, it was the kind of car you'd expect a younger person to drive. It was very, like, I don't know, because I'm just used to the older crowd being into the fully restored stock cars, and it was just neat to see something that I didn't expect. Um, there was like a, your favorite, the Smith Ute Company, Volkswagen Jetta turned into a, a, a pickup truck, but obviously that's not something you care about. Um, but cool mini trucks, like I said, they had that, um, the traditional mini truck style, like it was like a seventies Datsun pickup that somebody in the eighties had probably cut the roof off of. And then they had you know, body dropped it down over the frame and taken the fender wells out and like had to cut a hole in the hood because the engine was so much higher. Mm. <laughs> but it was all finished in like super high quality like showpiece kind of vehicle. Um, but yeah, there's just the variety of stuff there was 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 really cool. And the only thing that I really strongly disliked about this event was I think that they stole the DJ from the old car show days and the Wednesday nights in Boston. Yeah. Because it was this woman who was, like, super high-pitched, like, sang things and, like, yelled things into the microphone. It was pretty terrible. But other than that, it was a pretty amazing time. And uh, I can't wait to bring more people out to these shows out here, like, people from the East Coast. When you're here, like, visiting sometime and they have one of these kinds of shows, like, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot more going on. You know, there were, there were vendors and, you know, there was like a snow cone maker and it was like, you know, $1 snow cone. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, we'll get snow cones today. Like, it just didn't, it didn't seem, didn't have the vibe of the, the stuffed shirt New England car show kind of feel. It was just, it was way more low key, way more, um, just fun. It was, it was a lot more, a lot more, a lot more to do. There wasn't just people sitting behind cars in, in chairs, so... I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm hoping that that's kind of like the the norm around here for a show. And you know, I'm hoping that you know I see all these new cars for the first time. I'm hoping it's not going to be the same cars at every show, and I just happen to see them all now. But we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm looking forward to the winter here because that's the big time for cars here. So we'll see what uh, what well, happens between now yeah, and then. Definitely I guess. share some pictures of that to the Instagram page so we can see it. I've been meaning to for a few days. We had some visitors here. Yeah, I've been meaning to for a few days. We had some visitors here for the past five days, so we were kind of busy out and about doing like touristy things and haven't really been uh, had any downtime. So tonight's really the first night yep. of downtime, and we're recording the podcast. So I'll try to post some stuff tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh oh yeah, and I went to the last uh, Lars Anderson Cars and Coffee of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh. That was super cool. It started out kind of drizzly, and then um, it got bright and sunny, and it was nice. And but still, a bunch of people came out. So yeah, the last one of the year. Everybody's gonna show up. Yeah, a lot of cool, diverse stuff. Um, I posted pictures of it. Like, is that it's? I've seen it before around. It's a, a local car. It's that yellow, one forty two. Yep. Um, super super cool looking car. Uh, and then I'd never seen that. Um. I think it was a Buick. Yes, the green car. Yep. Um, it's the it's on our Instagram. I don't know what is it. A, what kind of I don't know what kind of Buick it was. 
I think they would just call it a Buick Special. Yeah. Um, 50s Buick. I don't even know what year it was. I don't have a picture of it in front of me, so I couldn't tell you. If I, if I had the picture pulled up, I could tell you, but... It doesn't matter. I, um, I didn't really get to talk to the guy because he was already, already talking to these other guys, so I was just kind of listening, and he was saying that it was his grandfather's car, bought it new, got passed down in the family. Um, it's just... it. All the patina is original. That's just the car is old. It's from wherever it was, 55. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a 55. Yep. So that all the patina on it is just from, like, you know, 50 years of wear and tear. So, Yep. And then what he's done to it is he did some, like, suspension work to it. It's on Air Ride. Uh, it has their, like, 22-inch Dodge Ram spare wheels. Is that what the wheels are? Yeah, they're steel wheels off a of Dodge Ram, but they're spare wheels. Like, they go underneath. Yep. Uh, but they're 22s because those trucks have ridiculously big tires on them. Right. Um, and then he just put some low profile tire on them. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love the wheel. It's the one thing I don't love about the car. I think it works for it. Um, maybe a smaller wheel with a fatter sidewall, but but it, well, I even get the if lo- you're gonna go the big wheel, it it, is, it needs more offset. Like they're really a pretty. I, I get the look he's going in. for, but you want to also yeah. be able to tuck it up into the body when it goes low. So. There's that. Um, That's true. And I like it. Uh, and then I guess it has an LS with a six-speed, so it's a manual, which is really oh, it's cool. it's a manual too? Yeah. Well, I dig that then. That's really cool. Yeah, that's why I, th- I was like, this car is really, really cool. I mean, it was surrounded by all these supercars, and I was like, I don't care. This car is way cooler. Yeah. Because there's nothing to me more boring than a bunch of brand new supercars altogether. Because it's just like, you can just go out and just buy one. Yeah, so that's a Buick Special. Yeah. It's a 55 Buick Special. His Instagram, if you guys want to look at the car, obviously you can look at it on our Instagram, but his is um, B-E-R-N, it up, I-T-U-P, 55. So burn it up, 55. I think his last name is Burn. Yeah. So, uh, Burn Year, yep. So it's, it's a really neat car. And uh, it's definitely the kind of thing that you see built on in like the west coast like california style build but it's in boston massachusetts so it's really neat yeah it was very very cool big fan big fan mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's uh that's probably and i was just kind of like eh, kind of jealous i was like thinking about you i was like oh man like i'm just getting in the swing of like going to events and now it's almost winter time so yep uh so that's kind of a bummer but uh, everybody move here. It's fine. Yeah, it's, pl- it's plenty of space. They build. They're building new places here all the time. But I did pick up uh, a video game for the winter uh, called Wreckfest. Okay. And I think I sent you the trailer for it. It's a demo derby game. I okay. mean, I've existed I'm, before. Yeah, I'm finding it more fun, though, than Forza right now because it's literally like you don't even have to think that hard about it. Like, cartooning is like four sliders, and everything is uh, like they did a perfect job replicating. None of the cars are licensed, but they're clearly you can tell what they are. They're like close enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're like a, like a, um, uh, Grand Theft Auto type cars, right? You can definitely tell okay. what they're, yeah. they are. Yep. yep. And um, probably even a little better than that. And then they've got all like the patina of like a 
banger race car or like a demo derby car and you can modify them in like that way too so you can like put different bumpers on them and like have the fenders cut and like run headers out of the uh hood and uh like i have one that looks like a saab 99 and i painted like a powder blue and it has like it says like i am the hammer on like spray paints one of their pre-made like things (laughs) and then you can add like goofy things to get like a blow up hot dog on the roof. Like it's just like super, super silly, but it's really fun. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I haven't tried multiplayer in it yet, but it, it's like just, you don't have to think that hard about it. Uh, like I said, you can just like, I have a big, it's like a, it looks like a Pontiac, um, uh, like a, or like a Delta 88 type car, like a big Caprice. A Pontiac Parisian. Yeah, it's like that type of car, uh, and you can just like you turn the slider, and it's just like you can have open diff, limited slip, locked. <laughs> so I'm like locked, and then you have like soft suspension. You can set it up, and then the things just like drift around these dirt courses. It's like super super fun. Game's only thirty bucks, huh? I guess I might have to pick it up. I mean, it's literally like you just don't even have to think that hard about it. And you just play it. Uh, some of the demo stuff is kind of hard because you actually have to drive like you're in a demo derby and like reverse into things. Like if you're mm-hmm. doing the head-to-head like demo derby, because your car will instantly get destroyed if you just keep smashing in the front of stuff. Yeah, well, just like in real life. So I mean, the physics for like a demo derby game seem pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It definitely looks fun. I see the car you're talking about. It definitely looks like a Caprice. Right, and like yeah, the and there's like a there's like there's like a seventies Firebird looking car. Yeah, and like and a nineties Fiat looking car. There's a, I think it's like a, a Swedish game or a Norwegian game or something. There's a Mach, there's like a Mach one Escort looking car. Yep, uh, and a definite like seventy five El Camino and a fifty seven Chevy. Yep, and there's a like a right. Haka Rocho, um, Hakurocho. Hakasuka, Hakasuka, um, yeah. yeah, and a Mustang. Yeah, I'm into this. I'll I'll, I'll pick this up. I think there's like maybe later on there's like maybe you can get school buses in there because it's definitely like I see, a challenge. I see school buses and I see blazers and it's like RVs. Yeah, yeah, I'm into this. I mean, it's like figure eight races. Like I, I started one race. I didn't realize it was a figure eight course, and I was like driving across this part of it. And all of a sudden, the car was like flipping and rolling in the air. I was like, "What happened?" And then I realized yeah, it was a figure RV. eight course. Yeah, and I got T bone mid air. There's double decker cars. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely into this. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll I'll drop thirty bucks maybe this weekend and pick it up. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, and then we can play online. We can do some multiplayer. So that's that that'll be super fun. Um uh, as far as like indoor stuff. But uh let's see, we've got some Craig Craig don't tell me we can do. We do have a few this week. And I did look up some neat things. Uh, I saw this little thing. It was on autoweek.com. Mystery vet stolen nearly 40 years ago turns up abandoned in Detroit suburb. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it was a 1980 Corvette. An uh, 81. Uh, they uh, started looking at it and realized the VIN plate was faked. And then found the secondary VIN plate and discovered it had been stolen from uh, Pontiac, Michigan. In when? How long ago? 38 years ago. 
Okay. So they're trying to find the original owner, and it only has 11,000 miles on it. That's bizarre. So they're like, did somebody just have this in storage for this long and then decided to offload it and somebody else bought it and realized they bought a stolen Corvette and like dumped it? Or they just like somebody found it, figured out what it was and just decided to get rid of it so they wouldn't be attached to it or something. Somebody's dad had it in the storage unit forever. And then the dad died and the kid like was like, oh, crap, this thing. Oh, our dad's still alive, but he's old. And the kid found out that it was a stolen car and just dumped it in the neighborhood. Would 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 be my guess. I can't imagine how it would be, because it wasn't driven. It was like eleven thousand miles on it. It's like a brand new car. Yeah. I, I just looked it up. I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks pretty clean. Yeah. I think oh, it wow. might even be the same color as my dad's car was. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty weird. Huh. That's interesting. I don't. I don't understand. Nope. That happens from time to time, and then like you see the original owner either gets it back or they filed an insurance claim, and the insurance company gets the car and just auction it off. Yeah. It's um, a cool story. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? And then, oh, we were talking about this uh, this weird electric Mustang crossover thing. Yep. Um, Is it happening? It's coming out at the LA Auto Show on the 17th of November. But okay. if you go to carandriver.com, they have some supposed uh, stolen cat images of it. Mm-hmm. It basically looks like... Um, you took a four-door camback SUV or hatchback SUV, like it's got a real sloped back to it, and you stuck Mustang headlights, yeah, Mustang headlights and Mustang taillights on it. Okay. So, like, you can kind of see it's like the lineage of when you look at, like, a Porsche Macan, where it kind of resembles a 911. Like, you can see those design cues. That's kind of what it reminds me of, like, what they're trying to do with it. I don't know, I don't know. why just, it needs to be a Mustang. Listen, if Mitsubishi people can't handle an Eclipse SUV, I can't imagine Ford people. I can't imagine the backlash that a Mustang SUV is going to have. Mu- an electric Mustang SUV. Well, so I guess originally the plans were to call it a Mach 1. Yeah. But, I, uh, I guess. but, then, but then now I guess the new thing is going to be called the Mach E. Yeah. Which just sounds like somebody from Boston calling their brother. Like, yeah, Maki. Yeah, like... Hey, Maki. Uh, yeah, right. Where'd you park the car, Maki? So, um, it's, it's, not, it's not good either way. Well, I like the idea of this electric vehicle. I don't know why it needs to be a Mustang, though. I mean, it's it really should be cool. It should be, like, an E-Explorer or an Explorer-E. Yeah, or, like, a Bronco-E. That yeah. that would be kind of cool if you're going for name recognition. I I think I think the Explorer has the best ra- name recognition right now, because when the Bronco went out, the Bronco was still a proper off-road vehicle, and the Explorer has successfully morphed from kind of like a Ford Ranger with a cap on it yeah. to an actual like competitive, decent like mostly on-road you know tall car. So I think the Explorer definitely fits in better, and I think that. If you called it the Explorer E or the E Explorer or, I don't know, just anything but lowercase I Explorer, and it would be fine. And that would be the car that nobody would complain about. People would be like, yeah, electric cars are a thing now. Ford should be making them. Here's their electric SUV. So that would make sense to me. I think bringing out a brand new car with all this new technology and all of this new 
that's, that's basically a whole new place for Ford to go. Because have they released a full electric car before? I don't think Ford has. I think it's just been hybrids. They had the C Max was a hybrid and yeah. a Fusion hybrid. But I don't I don't think that using the brand recognition of Mustang is going to be successful for them. The same way that using the brand recognition of Eclipse didn't help sell Eclipse crosses. You know, just confused people. It just confused people. In fact, the Eclipse Cross is a brand new, fully designed from the ground up vehicle, and it's still being outsold by the Outlander Sport. Because, so, in my opinion, they look too close. They're the same car. Yeah. They they occupy the same segment. They should have mm-hmm. discontinued the Outlander Sport. Right. Or just redesigned it and made the Eclipse Cross the Outlander Sport. Exactly. So, whatever. But that's the same problem I foresee with this um, Mustang Mach-E. The, uh, the same problem I see with Mach-E the Mustang. Yeah. Down the bike here. Like, it's not going to have any kind of panache to anybody who wants to own one. I don't understand. Make an electric Explorer. Done. Finn, out the door. Yeah, I, I think here's here's a lot of the problem that we see. So... Uh, new cars are kind of like the flat screen TV issue, right? You've probably got a flat. I know you have a flat screen TV. I have a flat screen TV. You and I are not TV enthusiasts. So flat screen TV and HD TV, like they look great. And I can't foresee any reason why I would need to change that TV at all. So if you're going to come out with a new electric vehicle like this, um, I know you're trying to get me with brand recognition, but like, I think the marketing department is muddling up these great exercises in engineering that they're trying to get out to the public. And they need to come up with some way to get these vehicles out on the road, to get people to buy them and get used to them, and they'll get better, and people will get more accustomed to them. And people will be more into them. Like, I'm sure it's a, it's going to be a great vehicle. But will it sell? Because it's not really a Mustang. So you're not necessarily going to get Mustang buyers. You're not going to get any Mustang buyer. Nobody's going to cross shop. Oh, do I want to buy a new 5 liter Mustang GT or an electric SUV? There's no, there's no cross shopper there. You're going to get somebody who's either going to buy a new... Traverse or a new Explorer, and they'll buy this Mustang SUV. They're not. They're, nope. Nobody's gonna buy it based on name. It also. It actually in renderings, full renderings that you know, spy shots. It resembles a, a Model X. So I'm just more upset that people who do buy it are going to drive it to car shows because it's a Mustang. And it's gonna be parked amongst. Ro- it's gonna be parked amongst rows of new Challengers, new Mustangs, and new Camaros. Yeah, uh, I mean, it is it is possibly a significant car, but will it be? It's not significant enough right now. It is a very significant car if it occupies the same space as a Model X. And it's yes. coming from, from a major American manufacturer. That definitely is a significant vehicle. If it sells, and if it's good, it will be a huge step forward for electric cars. Period. There's no question yeah. about that. But, again, the name means nothing, and, in fact, the name might hurt more than help. Yeah, will they run so, into the 500 Taurus? Issue? I was just going to say, Ford has always done this, because they had the Ford 500, and everybody was like, 
give me a Taurus. I want a Taurus back. And they didn't change much other than the headlights and taillights and put a Taurus badge on it. And all of a sudden, they sold millions of them again. Yeah. Or, or the Ford Freestyle. They were like, nobody's buying a Ford Freestyle. Oh, well, now it's called the Taurus X. And people were like, all right, I'm in. I'll buy yeah. this. So <laughs> Ford has a terrible history of bad names. Like, they came out with a really good hybrid vehicle, and they called it the C-Max. Which that name meant nothing to anybody. It doesn't. It doesn't tell me that that's an electric vehicle. No, nothing. Yeah. I knew it was like a tall, like, it was a Ford door. It was a Ford Prius. Yeah. It was a Ford Prius V is basically what it was. Yeah. But to the outside consumer, nobody knew what it was because it was just the C-Max. It should have had something that was like, I don't know, hybrid related, but not certainly not been called like the Pinto or the Mustang because it's not that vehicle. I don't know. I have I have a I, I don't get mad at companies for reusing old names. No. I know some people are like, oh, the Eclipse Cross. It's a it's a shame they sullied the Eclipse name by trying to see it, but they didn't. They call it the Eclipse Cross. There's still an Eclipse. They can still come out with an Eclipse tomorrow if they wanted to, and make it a two door sport coupe and be like, oh, this is the Eclipse. This is its brother, the Eclipse Cross. So yeah, Ford could do that, and they could have, hey, here's the Mustang. Here's its brother, the Mustang Cross. But calling it the Mach anything doesn't give it enough individuality from where it should be. It's it's right. it's it's just goofy. It doesn't need Mustang headlights. It doesn't need Mustang taillights. It needs no SUV buyers trying to buy a Mustang. They want an SUV. You're not trying. You're not going to fool anybody. You're thinking you have a race car. Like it's not. It doesn't make any sense to me. But what do I know? I'm not at marketing, and I'm probably dead wrong. So let's see what happens. I know. I want well-engineered electric cars to succeed. But I and I just worry that by naming this weird name, it's not going to. Right. It's going to be a niche thing. It's going to be a, oh, yeah, that was a thing five years ago. And it's going to be a annoying guy at the Cars and Coffee that stands by it and goes, do you have any questions? Yeah. Can I answer any questions? So that's all it's going to be this car. It's... It's dumb. I don't understand it. But again, maybe I'm dead wrong and I'm not in marketing. And I just basically said they, if they called it the Mustang Cross, I'd be fine with it. So who knows? Also interesting, I read, uh, I believe it was on Jalopnik, that amongst manufacturers dropping sedans, Nissan is actually releasing a new Versa, which is a boring, boring little car, but they are building a small sedan. So I guess it's that's the worst. It's like the worst sedan, right? It's the worst small car on the market. Yeah. By far. But it exists, and it seems like sedans and even hatchbacks are quickly, quickly disappearing. All I know is I I rented a Versa in Dallas, and my misaligned 71 NSU had better on-center steering feel than that car does. It's numb for like two and a half inches of movement in the steering wheel. It doesn't do anything. You can't drive the car straight down the road. It wanders because there's no, there's no dead center point. It's a terrible car. Yeah. No, I was, um, I'm just because, like, I'm kind of starting to look for cars to replace the Subaru in the springtime, and there's not many sedans or wagons left on the market. No, there's really not. Actually, Volkswagen's dropping the Golf wagon, too. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they're dropping it for 2020. Yeah. See, I have to like. I, I know. I know that. the writing's in the wall at least. Because I might not be able to wait 
to get one, or I might just have to go with a GTI. Uh, I must have to go with a GTI, but it yeah, <laughs> that might be like the only option for a little hatchback yep. with a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mazda three still has a manual transmission. Yeah, but I don't like the way the new Mazda threes look. No, but they drive real nice. Yeah, but they're like the newest new one is like kind of ugly. It's not really. Kind of frumpy looking. It was like, I think like the, one the, the quarter redesigned the quarter before this. It was pretty good looking, and then they redesigned it again, and it's like eh. the the pillar behind the rear door that like the sail panel, the C pillar, yeah, is kind of weird looking. Where the the awkward part, the Golf GTI is still a very handsome looking car. Yeah, it's kind of it's still a Golf clearly. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about it. So I think you should just just get like a ninety two Civic and call it a day. I should. I should. Yeah. A real rotted out. I should go. No, come out to Phoenix and buy one out here. Older and more rotted than what I currently have. Yes. That is the Brad DeSantis way of car buying. All right. We'll do some uh, Craig Craig Don't Tell Me. Sure. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? I'll start. Okay, go ahead. I go and queued up here. This should be a fun one. I, th- I think you'll get it. Um, I'm going to skip the beginning because it'll give it away. Five speed manual transmission, parentheses, parentheses conversion. Many Uh-oh. engine and suspension performance mods, fast, loud, sticks to the road like glue, truly Ooh, one of glue. a kind. Uh, this model was only made for one year. The original blank and only imported in North America with automatic transmission. Alcantara interior uh, in great shape. No tears or rips. RS6. No. Could be restored, but awful fun as is. Body has no rust. But original paint is typical for an older blank. So it's a, it's a, is it a sporting version of a normal car? So yes. it was only made one year. Was the basic car made for more than one year, and this performance version was only one year? Yes. And what country did it come from? Um, it's Europe. Okay. I'll give you the continent. Oh, is, is it an X-Type, uh, X-type R? Nope. Am I, do I have the right manufacturer? No. Huh. How many cylinders does the car have? Oh, this is going to really narrow it down. Five. Oh, well, I, my original estimate, my original guess was an RS6, but now I'm going to say it's a Volvo, because yep. the only two manufacturers were Volvos and Audi with five cylinders, really. So if it's a, it must be an 850R. Yeah. Um, so here's the. But so so it's, so it's a T5R yellow wagon or something in that. Range. Yeah, that's the caveat. So it's black, but it's yeah, you're right. It's a 95 T5R. That's where he gets yep. away with the one year only. Right, because the R came over here for a lot, but the T5R was a one-year-only. That was basically the launch year, and mm-hmm. then after that, '96 through '97, they were just we're R's. just R. Yep. That's it. That's the little workaround to get it to be only one year but only. This one's pretty cool. It's locally. It's got eighty-nine hundred dollars with a uh, manual swap. I mean, is there a reason it's not in Jordan's driveway yet? Uh oh, you know what? It's not a wagon. It's a sedan. Okay. But yeah, the paint's pretty terrible. Like uh, the black is like all peeling. Yeah, they all were. I don't know why. It's right. that seemed like a worldwide issue with black paint or something at that time frame. Yeah, white paint and black paint—the basic two colors—had some issues in the nineties. All right, uh, you got one for me. Right. I have one here for you, sir. Uh, and obviously, the listeners should be playing along. Um, this is a blank, 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 automatic. 33,000 original miles. Not to be confused with fake miles. 
So this is a blank, 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 blank. Automatic transmission. Bulletproof six-cylinder engine. 33,900 original miles. Completely set up and geared for proper off-roading. This has everything, including an awesome sound system. Hard to find with this low mileage. Serious people only. This is, I'm going to give you the year, a 2002, and the price of $18,000. So it's a 2002 for $18,000. Set up for off-roading. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's in 2002, it would not be a Jeep. They did not have V6s in 2002 yet. They didn't have V6s, no. Jeep said, Jeep said I, I didn't say V6, I said six-cylinder. Oh. Not, not, not that I'm giving you an, an inner and out, but Jeep had an inline six back in, like, forever ago. Oh, so yeah, it could yeah, easily, yeah. It could I be thought, a Jeep. I thought I heard V6. No. I said bulletproof six-cylinder engine. Oh. Um, is it a forerunner? It is not a forerunner. Automatic. Great sound system. Montero Sport? $18,000. Well, that's why I was thinking Toyota. It's definitely not a, definitely not a Montero Sport. If it was $1,800, it would be too much for a 2002 Montero Sport. But Land Cruisers had V8s. Mm-hmm. Am I in the right country? No. Yeah. See, I thought maybe for that money we're talking Toyota tax, but I don't think so. Um, we're talking. I think we're talking low mileage tax is what's going on here. I'm looking at. I'm looking at pictures. It has cloth seats, rubber floor mats, no carpet, CB radio. But it's not a Wrangler. I never said it wasn't a Wrangler. I just told you that it Wranglers had six cylinders. Okay. Is it a Wrangler? It is a Wrangler. Yes. <laughs> Weird. I mean, that was my initial thing, but I thought it was too easy. Like but that's why I steer away only, from it. The only reason. The only reason I brought it up was because it has. $18,000 asking price on a 2002 Wrangler. Uh, that is true. That is kind of that is kind of bananas because you can buy like a 2015 Wrangler. I mean, still, a 2015 Wrangler for $18,000 is kind of crazy, but that's what they go for. That's what they go for, yeah. So, I mean, this this is, it says set up for off-roading. Um, it doesn't say anything about the gearing. I don't see anything changed. Um, and it also says awesome sound system, and it literally has exposed speakers everywhere, like no speaker grills or covers or anything. So it's pretty it's pretty janky. So yeah. That sounds like an Arizona vehicle. It's definitely an Arizona vehicle. Which is weird though, because mostly things here in Arizona are priced much more reasonably than that particular one. So I'm gonna go right to the next one because it's in the same vein as that one. Okay. So this is a blank 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 blank. Uh this is a nineteen ninety five and it's one thousand six hundred dollars. This is a blank, blank, blank V8 manual transfer case. I bought it a year ago to build a pre-runner, but plans have changed. New motor runs great. Transmission ships perfect. Brand new fuel tank with GM fuel pump. AC is ice cold. Power steering pump bad, and it needs a lot of TLC. Ultra extreme true beadlocks and 35-inch BFG um, t- tires. Production retail, $4,000. Roof racks included, but not installed. Come with lots of new parts in the back. New light bar, new mirrors, new body mounts, new suspension, bushings, and more. Price is $1,600 without the wheels. 
2600 with six wheels and five BFG project tires. Price, however, is non-negotiable. This blank runs great and drives, but we'll need the power steering pump to drive home. Also, the tire is too big and does not drive without a lift kit. Comes off with cheap factory tire wheels that can be put back on. So, you have a V8, a manual transfer case, was going to be a pre-runner, has a new engine, has a new fuel tank, and a new GM fuel pump with AC. It sounds pretty cool. Like, maybe I'd be into it? I, You would definitely be into it. Uh, is it an S10 Blazer? It's not an S10 Blazer. It has a V8 and is a factory installed V8. Oh, okay. Is it a two-door Tahoe? It is not a two-door Tahoe. Okay. Um, I do want to point out the fact that the roof rack is not installed yet, but it is sitting on top of the roof in the pictures. <laughs> so it's a GM product, though. I, I never said it was a GM product. I just said it had a GM fuel pump. Oh, man. Um, yes, that was that was the rub right there in that one. Yeah, that's, that's tough. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Factory V8 with a transfer case. Uh, wh- did you say what year it was? 1995. Okay. All right, that makes sense. They would have a manual transfer case back then. Um, are we into, like, a Bronco? No, that's too exp- that's too cheap for a Bronco. Nope, that's what it is. It is a really? Bronco. Yeah. Wow. I just sent you the listing, um, and for I would pay the 2600 to get the crack wheels and tires with it. Because uh, it looks badass. So, it is a 95 Bronco, white on white with a white roof, full OJ style, uh, Eddie Bauer. So, it's pretty killer. I'm that seems totally really into cheap it. for that. Welcome to Arizona. See, where that... vehicles are usually that cheap, not $33,000 for an O2 Wrangler. I should have went earlier with Ford because when you sent, you said failed power steering pump. That's that's kind of what popped in my head because '90s Fords power steering pumps were not yeah. good. Yeah, we always knew when your mom was driving down the street coming home because she had that Mercury Sable with the power steering pump. Yeah, or uh, our buddy with his Fox body. Yep, Is that a your mom. No, it's a yeah. Fox body. Or our parents' friend um, who also had a Toro station wagon. Yeah. All right, your turn. I have two more after that. All right, I just have these two. Um. So I'll read part of the title because it's it's great. One family owned. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. Um, wow, wow. Four door slant back owned by one man since 1940. 15,000 miles. Runs and drives beautiful. Slant back. It's a Ford. All original new tires. The mint banjo steering wheel. That's a Ford. It's a, probably a 36 Ford. 39 Ford. Yeah. Four door. You gave, you gave it away with slant back. And that oh, really? That's the actual wheel. thing? Yeah. Yep, yep, you blew it. I thought there was an actual model to this. You burnt. It's probably a Ford Deluxe. It's probably what the, uh, the Black, actual... Black, it's actually really nice looking. Yeah, 39 Fords like 15,000 miles on it. 39 Fords are really nice. You should send me that one. Look at that one. It's uh, where, where 12, is five. That? It's a good price, too. Well, yeah, these things are not worth anything to anyone anymore, because who the hell wants it? I want it. All right, I have two more. All right. Start with this 19... 19- Blankety, 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 blank. So, I'm going to give you the year and the price because it's going to give you maybe a better idea. I know sometimes we don't do that, but we do in this one. So, this is a 1973 blank, blank, blank for $55,000. 
Uh, interior features seats upholstered in black vinyl with basket weave inserts and salt and pepper carpets. Four windows are powered and feature no B-pillar. The seller has added a new shifter and handbrake and was overhauled in 2009. The wood veneer on the dashboard extends to the door panels and rear seats. The seller fitted a phone adapter into the factory AM-FM head unit and installed new speakers. The heater blower motor was replaced. The trunk mount toolkit is said to be complete, although the case is cracked. Service included water pump, thermostat, hoses and belts, fan clutch, clutch master and slave, cylinder head bolts torqued, valve and timing adjustments. 20,122 miles. Um. So it's 1973. Four windows down. No pillarless coupe. 55 grand. Manual transmission. I want to say it's a Mercedes, but... It's not a Mercedes. Maybe not, because that manual transmission. So No, in the 70s, you still get a lot of Mercedes with manuals. Yeah, yeah. Um... I wouldn't pay 55 grand for this car, but I would definitely drive this car. Is it like an E9 BMW? Yeah, you nailed it, second guess. That's pretty good, Andrew. Yeah. So it's a 73 3.0 CS. Yeah. I, it's, it just it's kind a of gorgeous, popped in my head. It's a gorgeous, like, minty green color. Yeah. Um, and when I said he installed new shifter and e-brake, it's because they're Alpina. I didn't want to say that because yeah, that, yeah. that would have given it away. It's got Alpina wheels, Alpina shifter handle, and Alpina uh, brake handle. I think handle. they all... Everybody puts Alpina wheels on them. Yeah, I would change them out actually because it's too common. But um, the car is the car is stunning and it's full worth fifty five grand. Yeah, but it's funny because at Cars and Coffee, I ran into um, Rob Siegel, the hack mechanic there, and he actually was driving his E nine. He's got a red one. Oh, was he? Yep. And that just is kind of what reminded me of it. And then when he said four windows down, that's the only big seventies coupe I could think that wasn't uh, that wasn't. Um, you know, like a Cadillac or a Mercedes. Right. Because manual transmission. No, no, I don't think that, no, there would have been any Cadillacs with a manual. There wasn't until no. the Gatera, right? No, that was either super early or super late. I think possibly the uh, Cimarron had a manual. I'm not positive, though. Either way, that 39 Ford, I just looked at it. That is gorgeous. I would I would pay 12.5 for that all day long. Anyway, you do have one more or not? If not, I have one more. Um. No, I'll do. You can do one more because uh, I I grabbed this one really quick, but the um, the ad does not. Uh, it's not good for describing because it has too many details. Too many details. Yeah, it'll just give it away to you. It's like hard to. I'd have to cut it up so much it wouldn't it wouldn't be a, a good one. All right. Well, I have a few here that I'm trying to decide what the best one is. Um, I'll go with this guy. So this one is. Uh, where it just went. There it is. Blank, blank, blank. First $2,300 cash. Exclamation points. All caps. First 2300 cash buys it. Clean Arizona title. Solid project. Very nice solid vehicle. This is the one you want. Exclamation point. Factory V8. Factory 3-speed. Has headers. True dual exhaust. Edelbrock intake and carb, super lift springs, 33-inch tires, two like new, two junk, not running, needs a starter and battery, motor does turn over by hand, selling as is, easy project, 
Solid body. No rust you see in the pictures. That's splatter paint from a previous owner. Hood has a dent slash filler. Comes with original hard-to-find bucket seats. Not bolted in. And obviously they need to be redone. New custom roll cage. Also not bolted in. Located in Queen Creek, Arizona. K5 Blazer. Negative. Um, this is a 304 V8. Um, uh, what's the... Uh, is it international? Not international. The engine is painted blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, what the hell? Did, was there a... Was there an AMC SUV? Yeah, there definitely was an AMC SUV. It's a pretty popular one too. Oh shoot! What the hell was it called? Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's real, real simple. It's not a scrambler, no. Well, you already said the AMC SUV. You said international. No, it's international. Never mind. I lied. I yeah, didn't yeah. Say Forget it. Yeah, you didn't say that. Uh, no, there, there is an AMC SUV. Yes. And you're probably you're probably on the right track with it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and you're gonna hate you're gonna hate yourself when I tell you what it is. I can't think of what it is right now. I'm like totally blanking. I, it's like the, the a AMC, boxy, like total like Bronco knockoff, like early Bron- like. I think you're thinking of International Scout. Yeah, which okay, is I'm which is inter- which is international. Okay, but we're describing the AMC SUV, which does not look like an early Bronco. Oh shoot! Then what the hell is it? I don't know. What 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 would the AMC listeners on uh, listening right now are screaming at their radio because this is the world's easiest thing you've never not gotten. Now that I've told you that, yes, it is built by AMC. Uh, I don't know. Um... This is my favorite ever. <laughs> uh, it's not. You have five seconds. God, they all look five, the same. Like all, four, all that time frame, except it's for like, this one. Five, four, three. I don't know. Two. It's a Jeep, you moron. It's a CJ five. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> AMC made a AMC made arguably the world's most famous SUV. <laughs> That's right, they did. Oh, you know it was funny. At Cars and Coffee, I, I had the talent, and I was getting ready to leave, and this guy came up, and he. He said, "So th- is this an AMC?" And I oh. was like, "Well, no. At this time, at this point, it was I mean, Eagle. he's not wrong. Eagle at one point was no, AMC. No, he no, no. Eagle never was really AMC. It was always Chrysler, but they had still the AMC license. I think at the time, there's some weird history there. I don't think it was ever actually he had AMC. An AMC Eagle. I mean, yeah, but an AMC Eagle wasn't like." Regardless, know, I was yeah. like, no, it was it was Chrysler at this point, but really yeah. this car is a Mitsubishi. I had to go through the whole thing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And the then a- some other guy so walks a- up randomly. He's like, you the know, AM- there was an AMC Eagle here last at Radwood. I was like, yes, I sorry. Yeah, yeah I was here. <laughs> um, yeah, The AMC Eagle, though, wasn't an Eagle brand. It was an Eagle model. Oh, so, right. So the AMC Concorde was the sedan and the coupe, and the station wagon, and then they made the Eagle, which was the all-wheel drive, like, off-roady version of. So the Eagle cars weren't actually AMCs, they were Chryslers. But But. what was funny, and I think it's changed now, but back in the day, when you'd go to, like, a parts store in the early 2000s to get parts for your Eagle Talon, 
when they'd go to look it up, you'd watch them look it up and it would be under AMC. Well, that's not correct. Yeah. It would always be under AMC. Yeah. No, that's It was definitely it was definitely Chrysler. It came out in I think Eagle came out like the medallion and stuff came out in 87 or 88, which is the same year that Chrysler bought AMC. So maybe that's where some of the confusion is. Right. Um but I don't think it was ever had anything to do with AMC. So I mean, yeah, well, oh, you know, you know, actually, actually, you know, what probably happened when Chrysler bought. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and hopefully, he will correct us. I think when Chrysler bought AMC, they bought the rights to the Eagle name from the AMC Eagle, and then used the naming rights to create their new brand of car as the Eagle. And all, and all Eagle existed to do was to sell rebadged cars. Right. Well, they sold the like Renault. Was the Renault and Renault? I don't remember what it was. It was, this is so, so weird and pedantic and like. <laughs> it was the premier. That was the, the Canadian version. I think was the, the medallion. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's all forgettable cars. It doesn't matter. A uh, medallion, eighty-eight to eighty-nine. So it was a Renault medallion, that they sold as an Eagle medallion. That was the really terrible, terrible one. And then there was the premier. Which was a Renault Premier, which I actually kind of like that one. I probably shouldn't. And they made so Chrysler sold the AMC Eagle wagon for one year as a Chrysler Eagle. So that's the only that's the only crossover. Yeah, I just so I just full 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 disclosure. I did just look that up real quickly to make sure I was at least halfway on the right path, but I was. So. Yeah, there's a one-year-only Chrysler Eagle, which is an AMC Eagle just with Chrysler badges on it. So, all right, I I anyway. think on that. If anybody bit... out there finds an Eagle medallion, I would probably be interested in purchasing said vehicle. No, the Premier, Premier Eagle Premier. I would drive an Eagle Premier. Okay. I shouldn't admit that, but I would drive it. All right, I think on that note. I think we can call this a podcast. Yeah, I've been talking too long because I want an Eagle premiere now. <laughs> or right. do I want a medallion? Because the medallion came with a manual transmission. I don't remember. Maybe I want a medallion. Maybe I don't want any of them. You, I I don't want you to have any of them. Well, the good thing is I live 3,000 miles away from you, so you won't have to work on either of them anymore. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Cool. Oh, no, the Eagle. Oh, hold on. Nope. Oh, we, we, have to, we, have to, we have to get this correct. So the Eagle Medallion was a rebadged Renault. The Eagle Premier, however, was designed by AMC. And then when Chrysler bought AMC, they bought the rights to the Premier. But they also sold it as a Renault because of an outstanding deal with Eagle. I mean, with AMC. So Cool. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I, I want one. I, I want one bad because it's, it's a, a Gugaro design. Um, and it's really neat looking. Um, and I mean, it comes with a ZF transmission, so how bad can it be? <laughs> um, and it comes with the same V6 that came in so many other terrible cars, the Renault PRV. I like how a lot of people justify buying certain crummy cars because they're like, it's a Gagaro design. It is a Gagaro design. Well, it's designed by Gagaro and Dick Teague. Like, that could be, like, on a t-shirt. It's a Gagaro design. Yeah, well, I'm into it, so it's fine. 
But Dick Teague also is involved with it. So he designed the Grand Cherokee. Okay. He designed the the Neon, the Grand Cherokee, the Gremlin, all the good cars. Well, I will say the (laughs) Neon. No, the Neon and the Grand Cherokee are kind of iconic designs for the 90s. Yeah. And the the Pacer and the Gremlin are very iconic designs of the 70s. This is true. This is true. He designed those. But most most importantly, he designed the AMX, which is one of my all-time favorite cars. Like, for real, for real. Like, the the 70 AMX, the little short little two-seat uh, two muscle car. Yes. That, that That's that's a Dick Teague design, and that's one of my all-time favorite cars. And it's really the only reason I know who Dick Teague is. I, I don't know him for petting the premiere, but I do know him for drawing the AMX. Yeah, and for, like, iconic 70s cars, like, that is one of them. Like, the... Yeah. As far as American 70s cars, that was a really, really good-looking design and really unique yep. design. Yep, very European. Compared to what other manufacturers in the U.S. were, ma- were yeah. making. So. That some Someday in the distant future, there'll be a um, AMX in my garage. Someday. So, that's all. All right. Uh, now that we've cleared that up, uh, you can go follow the podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. For all the pictures of Eagle premieres you can handle. At Race and Anger. And follow the podcast on Instagram at Auto Off Topic. And Brad, where do you think I find you? They can find my personal Instagram at TSISS350. All right, cool. Keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Mm